The Cancer Assist Show, hosted by Dr. Bill Evans and brought to you by the Cancer Assistance Program. Help when you really need it. Hello, I'm Dr. Bill Evans. This is the second podcast of the Cancer Assist Program. If you listen to the first podcast, I talked about cancer, what causes it, how you might change your lifestyle to reduce your chances of getting cancer. And I had uh, planned on the second podcast to talk about cancer genetics and some of the genetic predispositions to cancer, but things have certainly changed in the world in the last few weeks. And I think we're all very much aware of this pandemic of a coronavirus, COVID-19. And that's changed everything. It's changed how we live, who we can interact with. And for cancer patients, it's probably going to change how you see your doctor, uh, what treatments you can have, and you're going to have to make some tough decisions with your physician about when uh, to take treatment, whether to take treatment even. So let's talk a bit about this COVID-19 illness. It's really quite new. The virus was identified in December 2019 in Hubei province in Wuhan in China. It really belongs to a family of viruses and it's in the same family as SARS, which we had an experience of in Toronto in 2003. Um, But it's different. It's um, got a different um, expression of antigens on its surface. It uh, reacts in the body somewhat differently than SARS. And importantly, it uh, is very infectious. And even when the person is asymptomatic or with very mild symptomatology, and that's quite different from SARS, when a person was really only infectious when they had manifest illness themselves. Now, some individuals are at greater risk of having an infection with COVID-19, and the Public Health Agency of Canada has been indicating that individuals older than 65 years, and especially if they have any underlying medical conditions like heart disease, kidney disease, diabetes, and cancer, Uh, make them more vulnerable to infections. And as well, individuals who have a compromised immune system, either because of an illness or because of treatment for an illness, say receiving drugs to suppress immunity after a, a kidney transplant or immunosuppressive drugs to treat, uh, an autoimmune illness like, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, these things might make a person more vulnerable to being infected by COVID-19. Certainly people who have traveled abroad, particularly to areas that had evidence of infection, starting with China, but more recently Europe, are at higher risk. And those that have been on cruise ships, uh, particularly if there have been cases on board, are at risk. And anyone who has traveled now needs to self-quarantine for 14 days and then report any uh, symptomatology they get, particularly should they develop a fever, a dry cough, or difficulty breathing. So how is COVID-19 spread? Well, 
principally through respiratory droplets. That means when you cough or sneeze, you aerosolize little water droplets, which may contain virus into the air. And it can, those droplets can remain suspended with virus in them for several hours. And so when you cough or sneeze, you really need to cover your mouth or nose, either with a tissue or coughing or sneezing into your uh, elbow as a way of preventing the aerosolization of the virus into the air. And you also need to avoid personal physical contact with others in the form of handshaking or hugging or kissing. And in fact, we now strongly, strongly recommend that people keep a distance of at least six feet between themselves and other individuals when they're um, uh, out and about um, or in, in staying out of crowds and generally reducing the chances of any immediate physical contact with people that you don't know. Um, this virus can actually live on surfaces for variable periods of time. Uh, on cardboard, it appears it can stay viable. That is, it can be infective to you even after several days. And if it's on a harder surface, such as plastic or stainless steel, it can last for four to five days. And so it's important when one is... Uh, contacting these surfaces when one goes out to purchase food or to get to pharmaceuticals, one makes contact with doorknobs, uh, with uh, um, shopping carts, that it's important that these surfaces be wiped down frequently using uh, an alcohol-based disinfectant or soap and water, and extremely important that you wash your hands uh, frequently throughout the day with soap and water or with an alcohol containing uh, solution, preferably with 60% uh, isopropyl alcohol. But most of what I've said, you've probably heard many times already on the radio or on the television. And these messages are extremely important and important for us all to behave in a certain way. And it means that we really do have to keep our distance from each other. We do have to practice this social distancing, which I prefer to just refer to as physical distancing, because we still need social support as people, and particularly if we're confronting a diagnosis of cancer. And that's what I want to focus on now, as opposed to the general recommendations from public health to talk about what you should do as a cancer patient or as someone supporting a cancer patient. The truth is we don't really know an awful lot about how uh, uh, the coronavirus affects people with cancer, but there is some information coming out of China that indicates that cancer patients who become infected with COVID-19 have a three to four times higher risk of needing mechanical ventilation or an ICU admission or even dying uh, compared with patients without cancer. So cancer is one of the conditions that makes one more vulnerable to getting apparently a more severe uh, illness with COVID-19. 
And so what can you do about that? Uh, and I think there are a number of things we have to think through. And I don't have all the answers, but I do think that careful, thoughtful conversations with your individual physician about your own circumstances are really important. For example, if you don't yet have a diagnosis of cancer, but we're planning to go for a screening test potentially to detect cancer, such as uh, mammography, colonoscopy, CT scan for your lungs, other, other procedures, might be worth deferring them right now for a number of reasons. One, if there have been people come into the hospital with COVID-19, uh, it's possible you might pick up the disease from simply attending for this procedure. Secondly, the healthcare system is under tremendous stress at the moment. And doctors and nurses are working very hard. They need the protective equipment. Um, you've heard about the masks, the uh, gowns, and so on, gloves, uh, in order to do their work with real patients with COVID-19. If they use these supplies for things that are somewhat elective, then they're not there to help them when they need to treat someone who is really sick with this virus. So, so tests that could be deferred for a reasonable period of time, particularly screening tests that are being done in individuals as a routine without any symptoms uh, could be deferred. If you do have symptoms such as a change in bowel habit or uh, you were spitting up blood or there are other reasons to think that you might actually have a serious illness, then you need to have that discussion with your physician to determine whether now is the right time to have the test or whether it can be deferred safely uh, for a short period of time. If you're actually someone who has a diagnosis of cancer or a history of, of cancer, then you have to think about your situation and how you can prevent getting coronavirus. And we've already talked about the washing of hands and keeping physical distance um, and being just very, very careful if you do have to go out about uh, um, the things you touch and, and handle, uh, washing your hands afterwards, not touching your face, eyes or nose, these sort of things to prevent getting the virus. But if you are someone who has to undergo surgery, you need a conversation with your surgeon as to whether the surgery needs to be done urgently, such as having a colon cancer that's near obstruction. That has to be, that person has to be operated on. It's not a situation that can be deferred. On the other hand, someone with a lump in her breast might take uh, hormonal therapy for a period of time so as not to have to enter the hospital at this particular juncture to undergo a surgical procedure. But again, it's a decision that needs to be made between the patient and his or her doctor. If the patient has actually had surgery and there are reasons to think that post-operative adjuvant, so-called drugs need to be given or adjuvant radiotherapy needs to be given. Again, it's a need for careful thought as to the risks involved. 
because we know that the chemotherapy and or the radiation can depress a person's immune response, making them more vulnerable to picking up this virus, which is clearly in our community. And so the question is, is it going to be worthwhile taking an adjuvant therapy, which may increase your chances of long-term survival a small amount, or get weighed against taking the treatment now and possibly getting coronavirus infection and having a worse outcome as a consequence of that infection and a depressed immune system. These are really difficult decisions for which it's very hard to come up with the right answer for everyone. But they're the kind of uh, difficult decisions that physicians and nurses and patients and their families are going to have to confront as this pandemic continues. In the short term, we have to think about visiting the hospital and whether we should or shouldn't. And clearly, if you do develop a mild fever or a cough, but are other respects feeling okay, the best thing to do is to stay in your own home. If in fact, breathing becomes more difficult, one should call ahead to one's doctor or the emergency room and get direction as to where to go and what to do. Um, it would be inappropriate simply to show up in the waiting room of an emergency department today with fever and cough uh, and put, potentially place other individuals at risk. Right now, the uh, hospitals in Hamilton are screening people uh, who come with a few questions. Notably, have you traveled outside of Canada in the last 14 days? Or have you been in contact with someone who is sick or traveled outside of Canada in the previous 14 days? And do you have a fever and a new or worsening cough or shortness of breath? Those are the questions you will be asked if you come uh, to the Cancer Center in Hamilton or to one of its hospitals. All the hospital sites are open, open I should say, and continuing to offer care. Um, but the Cancer Assistance Program, um, which has been providing free rides to cancer patients and equipment loans, has, following the uh, recommendations of various health authorities, uh, discontinued its services for the most part to serve to, to patients. And we're very sorry to have to do that, but in the interest of keeping our clients safe, as well as our volunteers and staff, it's been decided to close the doors of the cancer assistance program for the time being and suspend our services until further notice. Um, we will try to assist our hospital partners with getting patients home as quickly as possible and safely by continuing to take equipment requests for hospital discharges by phone. And arrangements can be made then to get pieces of equipment that will facilitate discharge home. We're also continuing to offer parking assistance. So when staying at home is not an option um, and you have to attend the hospital, we do have parking spaces that 
555 Concession Street, which you can use if you have been issued a CAP parking pass. Um, you should display that the parking pass on your dashboard. And it's a short five minute walk down to the cancer center. The spaces that are available are simply there on a first come first serve basis until further notice. I think we'd all like to believe that this pandemic, if we do the right thing, will disappear quickly. But in reality, we're likely into this for quite a few months. So we need to be prepared for that and to manage our affairs accordingly. And as you can hear from the news, governments are making a lot of efforts to help those who are impacted not only medically, but financially by the need to essentially lock down cities and provinces and indeed whole countries. I did want to say a few words about um, the search for effective therapies. There has been some news coverage that there might be game-changing treatments available out there. The reality is that there is a great deal of research going on to come up with effective treatments and drugs that have been developed for AIDS, for influenza, or developed during the SARS um, uh, epidemic uh, are being trialed in patients with uh, coronavirus 19. But to date, nothing has shown remarkable effect. Uh, clearly, a lot of research needs to be done to determine what will work and what doesn't work. And taking drugs that are unproven places people at risk as well of adverse side effects, which can even be life-threatening. So we simply have to wait on the science to identify new and effective therapies. At the same time, there's a lot of work going into developing a vaccine. And vaccines take quite a long time to develop generally in the order of 18 months. So no one should be anticipating that a vaccine will magically appear within weeks to a month or two to make a difference to the current pandemic. This underscores all the more why we have to exercise what we've been told to do, which is to stay indoors to the extent possible, only going out for those things which are essential to avoid non-essential travel, to wash our hands repetitively, to not touch our faces with our hands, to clean surfaces with soap and water, isopropyl alcohol, and to practice physical distancing. If we do these things, we will get through this, whether we have cancer or don't have cancer. But remember that as a cancer patient or someone supporting a person with cancer, Patients are more vulnerable and extra, extra precautions need to be taken to keep safe. And it's important to have conversations with your oncologist about whether any treatment that you're planned to receive or currently receiving is in your best interest now that coronavirus is in the community. Thanks for listening to this podcast. This has been the Cancer Assist Show, brought to you by the Cancer Assistance Program.